This is the voice of the Report of the Week signing on. I always <laughs> wanted to rush through that because sometimes I'll get I'll get caught up so much in the 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 grandiose pronunciation of it that I'll lose my train of thought and it just I don't know it takes something out of starting off the show for me anyway. I don't know why. I know a lot of people they enjoy hearing that, but for me, I, it, it distracts because I'm more focused on. You know, I just want to jump right into the point, but I have to meander from that to get into the introductions first. But that's just how how my mind is sometimes flawed, flawed, but it's how it is. Hope you're doing okay this week. Hope you're hanging in there, and uh, hope everyone's doing all right. As for me, doing uh, okay, doing all right. You know, that's stupid. I really have to control myself, I was, uh, you know, part of me is tempted to use some very strong language, but I won't, you know, on the air. That stupid dental work from 2016 is still catching up with me. Have to go out, do another emergency appointment, because, you know, more of their their crap has uh, failed, as expected. And uh, originally, you know, earlier on in the year, I was supposed to get everything else taken care of, but obviously the pandemic has kind of shut down most dentists, so there's nothing you could do. I mean, the damage is already done. I was about just trying to stop it from getting worse. But how could you stop it from getting worse when, you know, all the places you're supposed to go to that are supposed to do that aren't seeing anyone? So it just gets worse. And, you know, now, when that happens, then it justifies a dental emergency, and then you gotta go out and do what you have to do, but, you know, it's just an unintended consequence of uh, the situation. Now, thankfully, the tooth isn't, well, at least I don't think it should be, extracted, and it should be a bit of an easier fix, but still, uh, you know, uh, an annoyance... And, uh, what can you do? You know, you just have to, uh... What's done, what's done is done. And I'm just trying to correct the, uh... The mistakes that were made years ago. And, obviously, there were some setbacks. And that has led to bigger setbacks. But, we'll see. We'll get it, we'll, we'll get it figured out. Taken care of. Anyway, I digress. Got a bit off topic there. Uh, today's show is, uh... You know, it, it, it features largely a segment that's going to be coming out on the radio broadcast, uh, because I do the, you know, I do the podcasts and I do the radio show, and, uh, it's the International Mailbag, it's what the last episode that you probably were able to hear, uh, was, and it's another edition of that, comments from, uh, listeners all around the world about the coronavirus pandemic, their viewpoints, their, uh, their opinions, their feedback, on the situation, how it's impacting them, and uh, just what their two cents are. Uh, there were lots of good emails, good messages. Uh, many of them I wasn't able to get to, but I am going to be doing another edition pretty soon after this to uh, get to even more of them that I just wasn't able to get to in this edition. So if you submitted an email and you listen in and you're saying, like, hey, I didn't, I didn't hear mine, what's going on? Uh, just stay tuned in. And then, you know, hopefully in a couple days, I'll do another edition after this, and then there's a good chance I'll hear yours right there. I'm sorry there was a bit of a delay 
uh, getting this edition out to begin with. You know, I, I hoped for it to, to be out a few days ago, but there were just certain things that delayed it. But it's getting out now, and uh, that's what matters. So uh, that's what you're going to hear. And uh, hopefully it'll be interesting. But again, you know, if you want to participate in this, your feedback is welcome. Uh, your feedback on the coronavirus. What do you think about it? How is it impacting you? Uh, what's the situation looking like for you? You know, and it doesn't have to just be... It's it's whatever your personal viewpoint is. You know, even if it goes against the mainstream. What is what is your viewpoint? What do you, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Uh, if you want to get in on that, you'll see some of the emails that we'll be reading in a couple minutes. Uh, you could talk about anything that you want. But if you want to uh, submit your thoughts and then have a good chance at them getting you know, read on the air in the next show, uh, have your viewpoint shared with the world, you can send your feedback in via email to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Again, that's v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Uh, before we get into uh, the rest of the show, uh, again, I, I sincerely hope everyone's hanging in there doing okay. Uh, on one brief note, I hate talking about it, and I'm just going it, to... It's hard to try and not make a big deal out of something that is a big deal when you hate talking about it to begin with, if, it's, if that's making any sense. It's just something you need to bring up, but you don't want to, if you catch my drift. Uh, let's face it, times are tough. Times are difficult, and uh, that, that goes for many aspects of life at this point. Uh, one of the biggest ones that many people don't address are uh, the financial impact. If you do want to support this program, it's really... Financially speaking, it's doing really bad. Uh, that's just the truth. Uh, in terms of any YouTube revenue, and this goes for the Report of the Week uh, channel, some people, I think, they look at all the subscribers and they think that it's still doing good. But... Uh, I mean, you know, the ad revenue has gone down, I think, in upwards of 80%, at least. And and some people might be like, well, how? Are they demonetizing everything? No. No, everything, you know, is is doing okay in terms of putting the ads there. It's just that no one really wants to advertise anymore. And, and look at it this way. And it makes sense when you really think about it. But fewer and fewer people are eating fast food. Now, I mean, I review this stuff, and, uh, I mean, that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, you know, since this pandemic began, I really haven't been uh, eating out as much at all. And, uh, you look at the, you look at the news, you'll see, I mean, like, McDonald's has reported, like, a 40-50% drop in sales. Uh, lots of small restaurants are closed, may never even reopen. Uh, lots of people are making home-cooked stuff. For me, I mean, it's no exception. I've, it's not really home cooked, but I've been eating lots of uh, frozen stuff every day because it's just, there's so much of a risk, you know, at this point otherwise. So, uh, you know, fewer and fewer people are really, number one, going out and getting any fast food, so it's no real reason to watch a review of something that no one's going to get. And then number two, none of the companies are promoting or advertising anything because they're in the hall themselves. So that's where that issue is. 
And the number of uh, donations that's come in the last month, uh, I think, is about maybe three or four, which is a drastic decrease. And uh, the number of uh, patrons, you know, and the Patreon has gone down because, you know, fewer people can afford to. And then they almost shut down the entire account permanently uh, a couple days ago, which was very scary. So there's no stability there either. But, uh, you know, let's face it, the, the costs of uh, trying to keep this show going, especially when I've tried to really put the two together again, the podcast and the radio show, and uh, there's no advertisers for that anymore because, uh, really, of the economy as well, and any future advertisers, again, they just can't do it anymore. So the, the final thing that I'm just saying this, this is a, uh, as a last-ditch fallback. There's no other way to put it. And I really want to stop talking about it, you know, because I, I know you don't like it. I don't, I hate it. I hate, I hate, I hate it. But if you can support the program, please consider it. Way to do it is very simple. The best way to support it is via donation, via PayPal, to V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Again, that's via PayPal, to V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O. I-N-F-O at gmail.com. And otherwise, if you want to support via Patreon, again, I just, I put the PayPal first because, again, the Patreon almost got permanently closed for no reason uh, just a couple days ago. And if that's gone, it's gone. And it's never, you know, it's, I don't think there's any way of getting it back. So I I still, I don't really know why, Um, you know, but if it's up to you if you want to do that, uh, if you do, though, for now, at least, as long as it's still up and running, you'll be able to access four hours of uh, additional uh, broadcasts every single week. And, uh, you know, you could support it there also, patreon.com slash the report of the week. That's patreon.com slash the report of the week. But again, uh, just bear in mind that that really is not on firm footing uh, at this time. But again, uh, I'm going to cut it off there. And uh, I hope you understand the urgency of the situation, but also my my disdain for talking about it to begin with. The show needs your help. There's a lot of good ideas that I really want to implement going forward. I want to do more of everything. And it's not going to be possible without your support. These radio broadcasts, really they're reaching the largest audiences that they ever have. Uh, I, I kid you not. And it's kind of... That's just like the, 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 the cruel irony of it. It's like, you know, when it gets to its apex, that's the point where it's on the verge of just ending a good, a good five-year run that it had. Uh, let's keep it going. On a final note, and I, I say this, for God's sake, if, if you do want to support this program, please make sure that, that you're taken care of, too. Make sure that you've got enough for your situation you know, to make sure that you could help yourself before you consider helping anything else out. But thank you for your understanding. There's really, you know, this is the this is the first time I've really had to look at the end of the month and say, it's not going to make it till then. It's up to you. And with that, that's all that I have. Uh, let's just get into the segment, the VORW International Mailbag. Welcome, dear listeners, to the VORW International Mailbag. 
This program is a listener correspondence feature, which includes your feedback, your comments, and viewpoints on the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. It's something that I've done once before, and seeing how well it worked out, uh, we're going to continue doing this. And really, I hope for this to be a place that as an audience, we can connect, we can come together, perhaps we can relate to some of the listeners, even in far-off places around the world, and be able to share experiences as to how this pandemic may be impacting you, uh, impacting your area, what your thoughts are on the situation, and any comments that you may have. You can participate in this. The way to do it is simple. If you have any thoughts on the coronavirus pandemic in any way, shape, or form, all you need to do is send them via email to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Again, that's v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Due to the volume of correspondence that does come in, I cannot guarantee that every piece of feedback will be read, although fear not, there will be more editions of this program forthcoming. Into the correspondence. David, in Romania. Regarding COVID-19 in my country, Romania, the measures were taken, in my opinion, quickly enough. Schools were closed, a state of emergency was declared, people would need papers justifying the fact that they are outside and not in their houses. Also now they isolated cities, they made mask-wearing mandatory. The situation is still bad, but I think that it could have been worse, especially as we have a big part of our diaspora in affected areas, such Italy, Spain, and these individuals have came back in hard times. I think that this will get much worse before it gets better, but I think it will get better finally. What really makes me think is what's going to happen economically after this lockdown. The economy has been frozen, and not only in my country, but also in most of the developed countries. The economic problems can be avoided, and maybe we can even end this year without being in a recession, but only if our leaders are going to make the right choices. Thank you, David, for your feedback in Romania. Of course, uh, every country is taking different measures, and we are seeing how that continues to play out. Here in the U.S., uh, we, it really depends from one state to the next. And of course, there is talk now about reopening the country. Now, there is a lot of debate about that. Some people are saying that may be a bit premature. Others are saying uh, that this couldn't have come quickly enough. But we have to see what happens, but I believe it needs to be done very carefully. In terms of the economic impact, I think that also plays in uh, to trying to make the decision as to reopen businesses and try to restart the economy one way or another. But of course, that is going to be something that is is going to change and develop. And of course, I believe all of us hope that the economy uh, does improve and does get better through these trying times. Innocenzio, Buffalo, New York, United States. The most powerful reaction that I am feeling is that of intense disorientation. Right now, it seems that the country is in status, and time has slowed to a crawl or looped in on itself. 
it really is a strange feeling. The ethereal nature of online classes and the lack of human contact has made me feel like I'm having a fever dream, but one that will never end. I have been aggressively social distancing, but unfortunately, both of my parents have caught it. One had the infection incredibly strong. Horrific chest pain. Really unbearable is what I've been told. Thankfully, they have pulled through and is back to good health. The other is still sick with it, but the symptoms are minor. Them catching it was a shock, but also somewhat expected as one works in the medical profession. I found your comment on how those who won't take it seriously have already decided that they don't care and, in most cases, won't change. Now, I've thought similarly, but did not say it so succinctly. When I see those Twitter videos or news reports of these people who just don't care, my blood boils. It's just insanity. They look at this pandemic and just say, so what? How obtuse does one need to be to endanger the commonwealth of those around you in such a flagrant way? The lack of basic cooperation just rings alarms in my head for the possible or even inevitable depression that we're staring down with those 17 million unemployment applications. What kind of nobility are we going to see from these so-whats? It's depressing to say the least. But, as some optimism, I have noticed that despite being distance, I've noticed some real closeness. When I'm on a walk or exercising in my yard, I've become more aware of the people walking by or that I pass. Maybe it's the fact that everyone is so conscious of maintaining a six-foot perimeter that when someone comes up, they have to actually notice that person. Before, I might barrel or slide past someone, but now that I have to make the effort to make real space, I notice them more. Whereas before, there would be no communication, now I am noticing a lot more hellos and how's your day going. So despite social distancing, I've ended up friendlier and more connected to the people in my neighborhood. It's an odd outcome, but one I hope doesn't go away when we see land. So thank you, Innocenzio in Buffalo, New York, for your feedback and staying in New York State. Daniel, Monroe County, New York State, United States. New York City has been the worst affected city in the U.S. and maybe in the world in coronavirus cases. Obviously, as a resident of New York, this is especially concerning. When the coronavirus does spread more outside the city, it will be terrible. In my opinion, Governor Cuomo isn't doing too much to stop the spread of the virus to other areas in New York. Because one of his backup plans for the overflow of the hospitals was to move patients to hospitals outside of the city. My grandmother and my grandfather on different sides of the family would probably die if the virus got to them due to my grandfather having severe cancer and my grandmother having very bad lungs when it comes to diseases. I also had a history with asthma, so it is concerning to me how it's spreading so quickly. I've been locked in my house for about five weeks now, and I don't know how much longer I can be around the same four people. Luckily, I have friends I can play and talk with online. School will likely be canceled for the remainder of the year, with our state regents test already being canceled. 
I have many plans for the coming summer, so I'm hoping this will all be over soon. Not to sound selfish. I send my prayers to the more unlucky out there, and, for Christ's sake, stay inside. And thank you, Daniel, in Monroe County, New York. Hopefully this will abate soon, though one one point that I have been bringing up in my broadcasts, and one that I will bring up again right now, is that as much as we want this to end soon, the virus, it simply is, and it's likely going to run its course. As Dr. Fauci said, and I agree, we just cannot make this virus disappear. It will run its course. And there are the startling possibilities, if not likelihoods, of a second wave of infections eventually happening. So we need to prepare for this to be a long-duration event, although some sense of normalcy may return sooner than we think, although there is that possibility that things may lock down once again afterwards. But please don't lose hope, please don't lose uh, that faith that things will get better, because they most certainly will. And just remember that with every day that passes, we come one day closer to this finally coming to a permanent end. Maya in Sweden writes, Greetings from Sweden. We are very alone with having no lockdowns here at all. You can still eat on all our restaurants, coffee shops, shop in malls, etc. Everything is very normal because our government put the responsibility purely on us people, but I do my own quarantine just to be safe. What do you think about our Swedish way in this COVID-19 crisis? Thank you, Maya, in Sweden. Well, I understand the idea, trying to say, we hope that the population remains responsible and will simply carry out appropriate hygiene and social distancing measures on their own. Now, the one problem that I have is the fact that even with the most responsible of populations, this may have been uh, very successful if the disease was not as transmissible as it is. In that I mean, all you need is one individual to have a lapse. And this could happen to every one of us. Let's admit it, no one is perfect. The r naught of this disease, that means how many people on average, one person can infect, is likely 5.7, far higher than originally thought, and it is quite contagious. So unfortunately, even if one person ends up getting it, it can spread very quickly throughout a population. And because of that, I, I think it's the wrong move not to have any preventative measures set up. And unfortunately, in my opinion, the data does show that with the number of deaths across Sweden being up to 17 times higher than its Nordic neighbors, and the number of cases continuing to increase. Abby in England. I am from England, and it's scary. People aren't following government rules, making the end seem farther and farther away. I am a third-year student nurse at university, and am waiting for my drafting to work in the NHS early, before I am graduated so I can help out where I am. 
I'm grateful to be able to use my skills and to be able to join the workforce to do exactly what I applied for nursing to do, to help people, but I am terrified. I wish the people who continue to ignore government advice knew the devastating impact they're making and the sacrifices people like me are making to help them when they eventually fall ill. But I believe if we all stand united, we can get through this. That was from Abby in England, and a very good message. If we stand united, we can get through this. Very, very true words. You're listening to VORW Radio International. We continue the international mailbag with an interesting piece of correspondence. Ryan, Utah State, United States. I'm an airline pilot and have been doing this for less than a year. At first, the job was incredible, and the industry was abuzz with how badly we needed pilots. I advanced rapidly and was getting a good schedule. Then, in the first half of March, our planes began to get emptier and emptier. By the end of the month, flights on my schedule began to cancel, and often we were flying less than 10 passengers. This month, I've gone back to being on a reserve schedule, such as on-call, and flying only when I'm needed, and I have applied for voluntary unpaid time off for May and June because there's so little flying right now. And I have the chance to do some contract flying in my old career field of wildlife survey flying. It's been honestly depressing to fly nearly empty airplanes and nearly empty airports to spend the night at nearly empty hotels and it's sad to see an industry I love so dearly being idled and dismantled. It's a scary time to be an airline pilot, but I'm grateful to still have a job. Three regional carriers have already closed their doors since the outbreak began in the U.S. I hope it will turn around soon, but I expect it will be a very long road to recovery in this industry. Heard around the world, online, and through AM and shortwave broadcasts, this is VORW Radio International. We go next to Jana, in Germany. Here in Germany, we are officially ordered to practice social distancing, and most of public life is on hold. With schools, universities, and kindergartens closed, and anyone who can be working from home. Any gatherings are forbidden, and in major cities, people disregarding the call for distancing can now be fined by law. The German government is hoping this will flatten the curve and prevent overwhelming the healthcare system capacities. It remains uncertain how long society will be asked to remain in this lockdown. Most hours of the day I am content, but especially during the night, this situation is slowly getting the better of me, causing disruptions of my sleep from existential fears. I'm honestly shocked to see myself wondering, will I make it through these times? Justified or not, I don't know. The same accounts for the fear about the potential loss of loved ones. I assume my fear can partially be attributed to the fact that many of my family members, including me, still commute to work every day. I work in an intensive, therapeutical youth facility where distancing is pretty much impossible. I find it difficult to speak about the schizophrenic feelings this crisis has conjured up within 
to anyone, and do not wish to make my loved ones worry more than each of us already is. One question my mind keeps calling out louder with every day, do I keep the balanced approach to life, in which I attend all my usual and scheduled tasks, or is this time so existential and potentially limited that it is justified to spend our precious time on the mere necessities, such as the job to make a living, and focus, otherwise, on the most valued relationships and passions in life. I wanted to graduate this summer, but now a voice is telling me to focus on my creative passions that I keep sacrificing in the name of a secure education. And finally, Mervyn, Phoenix, Arizona, United States. This whole situation is quite crazy to think of. In never a million year, I would have thought my spring break marked the end of my school year, nor did I think it would mark the end of living life normally. I work in a Starbucks in Phoenix, Arizona, and luckily for now, we are staying at home being paid, quote, catastrophe pay, end quote. We were given the option to continue working or stay at home and get paid for staying home, and I took the stay-at-home pay, as we have been hit hard by this virus here in Phoenix, Arizona. Unfortunately, not everyone has that luxury, nor are as lucky, such as my brother who is a barber. The state and governor have acted so poorly, even though the reported cases here are at 3,110 and go up by 100 confirmed every day, and 80 deceased. They've done virtually nothing to help stop this virus, this state has been hit hard, and all we can do is sit back and watch the news and see the numbers grow. Almost no one in Arizona is taking this seriously. I drive by parks or grocery stores, and they are filled with people roaming out and about. We are fortunately stocked with lots of food and water. A few days ago, we were told by relatives that my auntie in Mexico tested positive for COVID-19, but it looks like she will be okay. Really, though, this pandemic is not something to be taken lightly, and people in Arizona should really be precautious and stay at home, not gather in crowds and form a line at Costco at 6 a.m. for toilet paper. It's ridiculous that this is even occurring, and I do hope people start taking this seriously. Stay safe and take care. I appreciate the radio shows. It helps me keep distracted and pull out the shortwave radio for a listen. Thank you, Mervyn, in Phoenix, Arizona. Please stay safe. And with that, we conclude this segment of the VORW International Mailbag. To everyone out there who is listening in, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for allowing VORW to be a part of your day, and I hope you enjoyed this segment of the broadcast. If you'd like to participate in the International Mailbag, it is very simple to do so. Simply send correspondence to vorwinfo at gmail.com. That again is vorwinfo at gmail.com. What are your thoughts on the pandemic? How is it impacting you? What is your opinion on the situation? As you've seen from this correspondence, you may discuss it in any capacity, in any way you would like. 
Hope to hear from you soon, and please be safe. This is VORW. And that's what uh, we have there. I hope you enjoyed the segment, and again, remember what I said earlier on in the show. Uh, if you sent in a piece of feedback and it wasn't read, just tune into the next edition because I'm going to read a whole lot more uh, sooner, sooner too, a lot sooner. And if you just submitted a piece of feedback or are going to, uh, again, just tune into the next edition because I'm going to be getting to a lot more. I think it's probably going to be double, uh, maybe triple or quadruple the length of this one. So uh, it's going to be a good one. It's, I mean, it's going to be a real good one coming up. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. I just wanted to apologize again for... I feel really bad doing it, you know, the, the, the plea earlier on in the show. I wouldn't do it if I didn't have to. Because it's cr- look, it's cringy and uncomfortable for me. And I imagine it must be for you as well. And I'm sorry you had to sit through however many minutes of it that it was. And I, I, I really, I most sincerely apologize. Now, it's no fun for me, no fun for you either. Um, you know, to close off the broadcast, a little bit of a tangent, but it's interesting nonetheless. Uh, sometimes I'll do these miscellaneous, I don't know how many people it really applies to, but heck, it's, I sometimes have to remind myself, you know, it's, it's my show, I could theoretically talk about anything I want to, uh, but I just want to s- talk about a, an interesting little perspective of this whole pandemic. Uh, from the viewpoint of international radio, because uh, obviously I'm a big shortwave listener, and uh, some people maybe who have radios are kind of interested in the impact, or maybe it's just, who knows, maybe it'll be of interest to someone else. Uh, You know, shortwave radio, it's one of those things I've been into since 2014, and uh, it's a medium that's you know, it's it's one of those things that I'm surprised that I'm surprised, but not surprised that it still is so alive in 2020. Because you know, shortwave radio is the the easiest explanation of it is that it's like AM radio, okay, in terms of quality, but the signals are able to travel extremely far distances, and uh, the shortwave the frequencies are right where the AM band ends, all the way up until 30,000 kilohertz. And, uh, you know, it's it's just the way that the signals kind of interact with the uh, upper atmosphere and uh, all of that, that just allows broadcasts to have these huge coverage areas. You know, so like how the FM station might cover your town or your city, AM station might cover, you know, like 20 to 50 miles with a good signal. Shortwave can cover, you know, 5,000 miles, has these massive coverage areas. And uh, shortwave is used for all different reasons, you know, it's used for like two-way communications, you know, like ham radio operators, Uh, that could be used for fun, Uh, it's used by governments, by military for two-way communications, uh, in remote areas or during disasters, uh, you know, number stations, spies, all this stuff, because shortwave is untraceable, too, so it's perfect way to do something anonymously. Uh, and it's also used by more conventional radio stations uh, that take advantage of the massive coverage area. And, of course, many people in developing countries or uh, in very remote areas or those who, uh, you know, maybe are uh, in areas where there's a lot of censorship 
still listen, uh, because even if there's no local stations or something that has something that they want to hear, and they don't have internet or TV or at least a good connection, uh, there could be a station thousands of miles away that could broadcast to them, you know, very clearly, and they could still tune in. So, uh, for instance, like in some parts of Cuba, where there maybe isn't a lot of infrastructure or a government censorship, you know, the U.S. government broadcasts news programs from uh, D.C. down into Cuba for listeners to tune into. It's Radio Marti. You know, like in remote parts of the Amazon rainforest, uh, shortwave stations are the main way for villagers there to uh, get uh, news and information. Uh, you know, uh, Radio Nacional de Brasil uh, actually released a very, very good uh, video just, I think, last week about their shortwave service, and uh, they showed that it's still used. I mean, they actually sent uh, camera crews into some of these more uh, remote villages, and uh, we're literally interviewing the, the people there uh, who listen in, and uh, it just shows that there's lots of people out there that still tune in. But anyway, that's how I, I do my show. You know, I have a frequency for Cuba, for South America, uh, frequencies for North America, Europe, uh, the Middle East, and, uh, you know, it just gets to a good audience. More people still use it than you think. And uh, anyway, you have all sorts of uh, radio stations that still use it. You know, you have government propaganda, you have hard news stations, uh, you have more uh, entertainment-based stations, you have, you know, conspiracy theorist shows, you have music shows, a lot of good stuff. Lots of alternative programming, too, because there's no regulatory uh, body for shortwave. So you could sit there and, you know, drop the F-bomb all day and no one's going to stop you. No one's going to say, you can't say that on the air, because you can. You can do anything you want. And uh, that's why uh, another group of people tunes in, because, you know, they just like that freedom that it has. It's kind of like the Wild West of the uh, airwaves, so to speak. But uh, for such an international medium... Uh, there has been a big impact of this uh, international pandemic, this global pandemic, uh, on the, the radio uh, broadcasts. Number one, so many stations are talking about coronavirus, it's insane. Never before has there ever been a time where I was looking at, you know, one of the shortwave uh, bands where the broadcasters are, are mostly located, scanned through it, and just because, you know, the word coronavirus doesn't really translate into other languages. So I might hear a broadcast in, uh, you know, Spanish, and you'll still hear the word coronavirus. You know, it's like there's a, another word for it. So, you know, I'll be listening to a station in Arabic, then I hear the word coronavirus. And I listen to the BBC, they're talking about it. Go to the Voice of America, they're talking about it. Uh, some station from Algeria... I hear the word coronavirus. Listen to a station uh, from France, hear the word epidemic. Uh, you know, listen to a religious station and they're praying about it. It's like all these, every single station is discussing it, which is crazy. Never seen that ever before. I think that goes to show the significance of the event, though. I mean, the last time, at least I've heard people say it's ever been like that was 9-11. I mean, I was not listening to the radio then, but who's to say? Uh, that's one thing. Number two, a lot of, uh, you know, the increased infections, uh, shutdowns, lockdowns have had impacts on the station operations. 
uh, Radio Exterior de España has uh, stopped all their foreign language broadcasts. So there's no English broadcasts or Arabic broadcasts or Portuguese or French broadcasts anymore. Um, instead, it's just a relay of their national radio in Spain. So there's no one, you know, working uh, on these other languages like there usually is. The Voice of Turkey, which is Turkey's broadcaster, they must have shut down, and it's like a one-man show now, and usually they're a very organized broadcaster with a big staff, but now I think it's literally just one guy probably working from his house, and that's it. Because of the hour broadcast, usually, it's two minutes of news, and then 58 minutes of Turkish pop music, so it's like, you know, they'll have one person just record the bare minimum of news, and then they'll just fill it in with some music. Otherwise, I mean, it's cool, though. You hear a lot of good Turkish music. Uh, All India Radio, India's uh, international broadcaster, uh, is totally down. They're totally shut off, off the air completely. No one there to maintain um, the transmitters anymore, so they just shut them all down for now. Same thing with Radio Philippines. They're totally off the air, too. Uh, KNLS, a religious station in Alaska... Shut down, too. I guess they can't maintain it either. You know, Radio Argentina, um, Voice of Greece, they're just sending out uh, relays of their uh, national radio, too, kind of like how Spain is. And, uh, you know, the list just goes on and on. Uh, NHK, I think, is relaying their emergency network, or at least they were. But there are stations that are still functioning normally and are still doing a great job. Uh, Radio Romania is still there. They're still providing good news. Um, Radio Havana Cuba is still there doing their thing. China Radio International, you know, agree with them or not, uh, they're louder than ever. Um, But, you know, the Voice of America, lots of uh, pre-recorded shows, And uh, their news broadcasts on the hour, every hour, are uh, phoned in by someone working from home. Um, You know, other stations are expanding. Radio France International added like 10 broadcasts, mostly to Africa, to provide more news on the uh, the virus. And, uh, you know, lots of independent broadcasters are buying more airtime, too. Uh, Steve Bannon, very controversial figure... But he's uh, doing a show called War Room Pandemic. And, uh, you know, he he's never been on shortwave either before. And uh, now he's working with the Italian radio relay station to get his program out on uh, three shortwave frequencies to uh, Asia, Europe, and uh, Africa. So he's got a presence on the shortwave now with his show. Um... You know, lots of the real uh, conspiracy, uh, you know, patriot, militia-type broadcasts in the U.S. are uh, expanding or uh, getting more frequencies or airtime. You know, Alex Jones, uh, Hal Turner, uh, Zeph Report are all uh, expanding. Uh, religious broadcasts, some of which are very controversial, are as well. Brother Stare... Uh, Convicted sex offender, um, pedophile, all this disgusting stuff. He's a sick man, but he's got like 10 more frequencies going now for his... He's one of those end-time 
you know, cult preachers, and so obviously he's really basking in this, and uh, he's expanded quite a bit. You know, you have a lot more health shows come into the air, too. Uh, people trying to promote their own cures, their own remedies. Um, but, you know, then you also have, uh, you know, common sense discussion uh, broadcasts as well that are making a comeback. So uh, it's just interesting. It's, you know, it's like you turn on the radio and you'll hear you'll hear lots of perspectives, some of which you won't agree with, some maybe you will. But uh, there's lots of, uh, lots of different voices out there with different viewpoints. And one thing is certain in these times, and the Nielsen ratings prove it, uh, radio is uh, making a comeback. It really is. Uh, terrestrial broadcasts are, uh, are surging in popularity once again. And I think that carries over to shortwave, too. Because I've noticed uh, not only are my AM relays getting more feedback, but uh, so are the shortwave broadcasts that's gone up also. And uh, not only is that doing good, I mean, there's more reputable studies that show every generation, even Generation Z, uh, not as many listening to podcasts anymore, but more are listening to the radio, like a 20% increase. That also goes for the millennials, Gen X, boomers, you name it. Uh, Interest for amateur radio has gone up like 700%. Is this going to make uh, shortwave relevant again? Probably not. But it's certainly giving it that boost that it needs. Hopefully it won't be squandered. And uh, hopefully people will just, you know, turn the dial a bit and and listen to a variety of stations. And, uh, you know, just determine what their viewpoint is and, uh, you know, establish their perspective. But, you know, people got to think critically about this whole thing. And I think shortwave is a good place for doing that, but you just have to understand all the viewpoints and make your decision from there. Well, there's lots of dangerous stuff, but some very informative shows as well. And, uh, you know, I've been doing my best to try to promote uh, up-to-date, reputable news uh, with, uh, you know, quoting uh, Steve Luckner, uh, an agenda-free viewpoint to just try to inform people. And uh, I've been trying to do that in every radio show that I do. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully more stations will, will just see that knowledge is power, you know, and do the right thing. But it's just really interesting to see all the different viewpoints uh, that exist on this medium at this time. So uh, it's just interesting. Interesting to see how it's, how it's kind of functioning right now during these uh, interesting times. But with that, uh, we'll be here, you know, in uh, a couple days, probably with another show, another edition of The Mailbag. If you have any thoughts on the virus or comments, again, you could you could share them at v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. And uh, I'll keep you guys posted with uh, how this show ends up doing, what the state of that is, and uh, also the state of my my dental health as well. Thank you for listening, and please be safe, and do take care. This is VORW.